3. Esau punished at verse 3. Namam Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prestaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swamini Dinamini Namaste Saraswate Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvisesha Shunyavadi Paschatya Disha Tarine. So, uh, Isopanishad 3 is Asurya Nama Teloka Antina Tamasavrata Tongs Te Pritya Vigachanti JK Chatma Tanojanaha. So, uh, this verse means, starting with the first line, te lokaha, those worlds, nama, are called, have the name, asurya, demonic. So those worlds are called demonic. Andhina, tamasavrataha, and they are avrata, <coughs> they are covered, andhina, by blindness, tamasa, and darkness. Ignorance. It doesn't sound like a nice place, does it? Worlds that are called Asurya, demonic, and worlds that are covered with blindness and darkness. Tongs te pritya vigachandi. And to those worlds, te, those people, pritya, on passing away, avigachanti, uh, they go directly there. Pratya in Sanskrit, praitya, literally means like going forth, but that's how you say passing away in Sanskrit. Someone dies, they passed away. So they, passing away, go to those worlds who, JK, whoever, JK means whoever, cha atmano janaha, whatever people are killers of the self. Very strong verse. So this is Prabhupada's translation. The killer of the soul, whoever he may be, must enter into the planets known as the worlds of the faithless, full of darkness and ignorance. So the verse is actually in Sanskrit, is in the plural. Uh, all of those people, whoever they may be, those people um, go, those people who kill the self. Now, of course, this is obviously the Sanskrit. This is a very ancient Sanskrit mantra. It's, it's, we know that the self, the Atma is eternal. And so it's meant to be a dramatic statement. Uh, it's not a coincidence. It's meant to startle us because as readers of the Upanishads, we know that the soul cannot be killed as Krishna explains in the Gita. And yet we have this in a sense, non-literal, but still very powerful, uh, vivid statement, killers of the self. So the way I've always explained this, because this statement has always needed an explanation uh, to talk about killing something which is eternal clearly requires an explanation. And so I think, you know, most of my life I've been <laughs> explaining this, that um, to be a soul, to be an eternal soul means to have certain qualities, uh, such as bliss and knowledge. Um, 
ananda and chit, pure consciousness. And so even though the soul itself technically is not destroyed because of, and that's what Krishna explains in chapter two of the Gita, in so many ways, the soul cannot be burned, it cannot be dissolved, it cannot be pulverized. And so, and so Krishna in, in many ways explains this in, in the beginning of the Bhagavad Gita, the soul cannot be killed. And yet, if by our uh, foolish activities, we take ourselves, in a sense, to a bad place, a dark place, a place of suffering and ignorance, then what we have destroyed for the time being, what we have destroyed for now, is the, the qualities of the soul. Not destroyed them, they still exist, but we've covered them. We have so thickly covered over our real identity, our real life, that it is like not having a soul. Interestingly, people who either claim there's no soul, they're foolish enough to argue against their own survival, which always struck me as a, as a, as a great example of the power of Maya, that Maya can convince people, even so-called intellectual scientists, to dedicate their lives to arguing against their own survival. Why would you want to do that? Clearly a human being cannot know for sure without God. You can't know there's no soul. You can't say definitely, I know there's no, how would you know that? And so, um, so, you, so either someone knows there's a soul because they've experienced it or they, they simply don't know. So if you don't know, you cannot know there is no soul for two reasons. Number one, because there is a soul. And number two, because almost all of the things that are true within the universe, we don't know. If you think about it, how many facts are there in the universe? Every, you know, how many facts are there? It's practically an infinite number of facts about the universe of which we know a, almost an infinitely tiny and infinitesimal percentage of those facts. And so someone, how can someone say there's no soul? How would they even know that? It's hard to imagine what, what, that, what that would even mean. You may say, I'm not experiencing a soul. I do not know. Someone can say, I do not know there is a soul, but they cannot say logically, I, I know that there is no soul. You, that, if you say that, you're just bluffing. You're just, it's just pretentious. Obviously, you can't know that. So you cannot say, I know there's not a soul. You can say reasonably, I do not know if there's a soul. But fortunately, there is. However, if we misbehave, if we act badly, then we lose all the benefits of the soul until we come to our senses. That's the point here. But there are many worlds and uh, we should make sure we go to the right ones. So uh, we'll do another verse here. Verse four, you get two for the price of one today. The next verse is very interesting. The Isopanishad verses are quite interesting. They're provocative, intentionally so. 
uh, Lisa Pan said that's one of the characteristics of it. It really challenges us and says things that we didn't expect to hear. So this verse says, Aneja, Ekam, Manaso Javio, Naina Deva, Apnuvan, Purvam, Arshat. Tadhavato Nyan, Atyeti, Tishtat. Tasmin apo matarishwa tadhati. This is a very interesting verse, actually. Um, so it begins, uh, anajat. Anajat means uh, not moving. Uh, there, there's a verse coming up that will say tadajati tanajati, that the absolute truth moves and does not move. So ajat. The word agent means anything moving or living. And so unagent means not moving. So unagent, not moving, akam, one. We're talking about just one absolute truth here. Anagent akam, manaso javio, and faster than the mind. This is a typical. Uh, image that's used in, in the Vedic literature to say the, the speed of the mind, the speed of the mind, because for example, you can think of the other side of the universe and your mind you know, can go there at once. So the mind is very fast, but here we say eka manaso javio, javio means faster. Rabba translates it more swift. So manaso javio, um, even though it's not moving, so this is this is a an obvious uh, not irony. What's the word? Oh my God! Uh, I'm thinking of so many things. Um, the English word just slipped my mind, actually. But that's all right. Let's see. Uh, it's a very common word. Uh, paradox, of course, paradox. And a paradox is defined as uh, a seemingly, a seemingly absurd, aparentemente, seemingly absurd or self-contradictory statement or proposition that when investigated or explained may, may prove to be well-founded or true. So that's a paradox. So here we have a, uh, an obvious paradox that we're talking about one truth, the one truth ultimately, that is unaged, not moving, and yet faster than the mind. Anaged ekam, manaso javio, naina deva apnuvan, and the devas, the celestial beings, the, the, the gods, Apnuvan, uh, uh, do not reach that truth. So the demigods do not reach that truth. Naina Deva Apnuvan. Purvam, that original truth, that first truth, Arshat, who, who is moving. And yet, 
that truth, atiyati, goes beyond or surpasses uh, others, like the gods, who are running. So here we have this image where the others, like the gods, they are davataha, davato, they are running, and yet this one truth, tishta, which is standing, it's very interesting. So, you, so just see this contrast. You have the gods or other beings who are running, and this one truth is tishta, standing in place. And yet, standing in place, it goes past, it goes beyond those who are running. Uh, just like in the previous verse, it said, or the first line, first line of this verse, anaja, not moving that one is faster than the mind and the gods cannot reach that truth who is moving and yet that truth goes past goes beyond all others who are running even though that truth is just standing in place tista so tasmin apo matarishwa tadati so the word uh, Matarishwa is a word for the uh, the wind gods, actually, the gods of the wind. And uh, let's see, uh, the wind, the gods of the wind. So, um, so Matarishwa, the Prabhupada translates it, the gods who control the wind and rain. Uh, and the, the first, Prabhupada's verse translation is, although fixed in his abode, the personality of Godhead is swifter than the mind and can overcome all others running. In other words, the others are running. The powerful demigods cannot approach him, although in one place he controls those who supply air and rain, he surpasses all in excellence. So what the Sanskrit says is tasmin in him Apo, water, the waters, Matarishwa, the Dati, the gods of wind and rain, the uh, Dati supply, as Prabhupada translates it, uh, supply. So here you have this image where the wind and rain gods are supplying water or rain. And what this verse literally says is that is taking place within him. Or anyway, I won't go into all of the complex grammar of Sanskrit. If you want to take it as a uh, locket of absolute, those who know Sanskrit understand that. But but the idea here in him is can mean like given that he is or that that absolute truth is there. So it's because of him. It, it's within the authority, within the power, or within the plan of that supreme truth that higher beings are supplying, are providing uh, water to us without with which of course we can't live. So this is a very interesting verse full of uh, paradoxes. And maybe we'll do one more, three for the price for one. So here we have that verse I told you about, tadejati. So the previous verse began anaja not moving. And here we have Tadejati, which Prabhupada translates it, the Supreme Lord walks and does not walk. 
uh, which is a, sort of a vivid translation, literally, uh, of course, agent means uh, moving. So, and, and interestingly here that the God is being referred to in both these verses in the neuter, in the neuter, uh, not tense, but in, in just in the neuter gender. So it, or in other words, like, and even in English, we would say that truth, like the truth, which is not like saying he or she, we just say the truth is beyond everything of the truth or that, or that absolute truth. So in Sanskrit also, in terms of literary style, uh, it, it, the Isha Upanishad begins with the masculine statement, Isha Vasyam. So Isha is uh, the Lord, masculine. And so we have these masculine terms referring to Krishna. And here, in, the, in these verses now, we're using the neuter like that truth or that ultimate truth. Being. So, agent means uh, moving. Agent means moving. And so we had a description of Krishna. He is unagent, not moving. And here we simply have the verb, tad agenti, uh, which means that that, literally, tad that, meaning that ultimate truth. Uh, that moves and that does not move. Tadejati, tanaijati, tadure, that truth is distant, far away. Dure, taduantike, but that truth is very near. So the, that truth moves, does not move, is far away, is very near. These are very intentional paradoxes. Tadantarasya sarvasya, that truth is antar. Uh, as like our English word internal or inner. So that truth is uh, inside of all this, asya sarvasya. And if you remember the word asya, this is just another form of the word idam, which we had in the beginning. Om purnamadat purnamidan, meaning that that is full and complete. This is complete. So this idam, meaning this world that is before us, this world that we can directly experience. So here we have another, just this is the genitive of this world. So idam uh, is this, and then of this is asya. So that truth is within asya sarvasya, within all of this. In other words, everything that that you can experience, the, the universe, which is available uh, for human experience. Tadantarasya sarvasya tadu, but sarvasyasya vahyataha, but that truth also is vahyataha, is outside of all this. So here we have, it's just putting the words in, you know, different order. You have asya sarvasya, or sarvasya asya, you know, in Sanskrit you can do that, no problem at all. So tad antar asya sarvasya tadu vayataha asya sarvasya. So he's within all of this and outside of all of this. And so this gets you thinking. 
and, and, and that's really the purpose of these verses, to, to make you think. The very fact that you have these paradoxes, which you do, and you also find them in the Gita, and you find them in the Bhagavatam, they're like, I always call them speed bumps. There's like they, those, you know, they put those bumps in the road so you have to slow down. It forces us to think. It's not, you can't just like memorize a doctrine and un, mindlessly not thinking about it, but you really have to think like, what does that mean? How can a, the same truth be inside of everything and outside of everything? How does it move and not move? And so on. So, of course, the answer is that Krishna has these abilities. He's um, very talented. I mean, he, he can do all these things that, uh, that we cannot do. So, um, so then, Isopanishad uh, 6, and we'll stop there. And if there's any questions, we can, those can be sent over. But uh, verse six is kind of trying to pull all this together. And just to Sarvani Bhutani, indeed, one who, Atmani Evanupashati, one who steadily sees in, in the self. And of course, Prabhupada translates here as the Supreme Self, the Supreme Lord. Atmani in Sanskrit means in the Atma, within the Atma, alone. So one who sees all beings, all creatures, Sarvani Bhutani, one indeed who sees all creatures within, as Prabhupada translates, self, capital S, the self alone, Sarva Bhuteshu Chatmanam, and who sees that soul, capital S, Sarvabhutesha uh, within all beings. So the so all the bhutas, all the living beings, Sarvani Bhutani, one who sees them within the Atma, and one who sees the Atma within all living beings. That though from that, you know, based on that, na vijugupsate, which Prabhupada translates it, does not hate anyone. Vijugupsate. Uh, this interesting word. Uh, the verb means um, it's found actually that's what uh, Narada said to Vyasa day when he came to, to Vyasa who was suffering he said Jigupsitam. So uh, Anyway, uh, we'll worry about the Sanskrit dictionary for now. Jugupsita uh, means to dislike or to hate. So, um, so why is that? Why does that follow? Because if you actually see that every living being, even people who really you find insufferable, like certain politicians, if you see that every living being is within God, and also the word to see here, pashati. Pashati means he or she sees, but here we have anu pashati, which is something like this anu means follow in the sense of in Spanish, seguidamente. It means uh, to see steadily, like one moment after another, you see. So, so um, 
So it means to steadily see. In other words, you don't you don't just have like like one vision, but you actually uh, you see this steadily. You actually see this steadily, and so um, so and therefore it's translated this anupashati to keep in mind or in mind because you see it steadily. So. Um, so if you actually see all creatures are within God and you see God in all creatures, then you're not really gonna hate anyone. You may avoid certain people because their association is inappropriate or whatever, but you're not going to actually hate because you see that ultimately all, all souls, and nowadays, especially the way the world is and the way politics are, this is very good advice not to hate anyone, to remember that everyone is within Krishna, is within God. So again, though, we have more paradoxes where you have all the, all creatures are within that supreme soul, that self, and yet that self, that supreme self, is within all creatures. So the Isopanishad is giving all these paradoxes, and, and it, it's a book that really forces us to think a lot. You, you have to become philosophical to read and understand the Isopanishad. So, okay, here are some questions. Prabhupada says in the purport that both dominant demigods and lesser beings like humans are in the marginal potency category of the Lord. Could you elaborate how such beings with very different levels of consciousness are in the same category? The differences are just because of the bodies. For example, it's like, you know, always give this example of traffic light, red, yellow, green light. It's all the same light. It just depends on what the covering is. So a demigod body uh, allows the soul to exhibit all kinds of powers. And the body of, an, you know, say, an ant or the body of just an ordinary human being, just the body itself doesn't have those powers. So uh, yeah, different bodies allow the soul to manifest different powers. What is the difference between the marginal and external potencies? Uh, well, the external potency is not conscious. The marginal potency sometimes chooses spiritual life and sometimes material energy, but the external potency doesn't choose anything because it's not, it's not conscious, it's just dead matter. There, another question, there is an opinion about uh, that most of the Upanishads talk about or talk more about the impersonal aspect of the Lord. Is it true? Uh, no. If yes or no, why? Why? Because um, Shankara talked a lot about the Upanishads and he was an impersonalist and his followers. So the people who have talked a lot about the Upanishads are impersonalists. But as we know, there are many very personal statements in the Upanishads. So are the Upanishads in general just impersonal? No. How does the Isopanishad fit in this scheme? The Isopanishad is very special because it's actually part of the Yajurveda. Most of the, almost, well, all the other Upanishads are just additional literature uh, within a particular Vedic school. But the Isopanishad is actually part of the text itself of the a particular version of the Yajur Veda. 
talking about the supreme as personal and impersonal is an intentional paradox also. Uh, yes, although Prabhupada sort of blows up that paradox because he, he was really focused on freeing people, saving people from impersonalism. And so Prabhupada very powerfully explains that the ultimate truth is ultimately personal. There is an impersonal aspect, but it's a subordinate aspect, as Krishna also explains in the Bhagavad Gita. Okay, so there's no more questions. If there are, I'm sorry I didn't get them in time. And uh, that's it. So I wish everyone a happy Saturday. Uh, let's all go out and do nice things in the world or at home. Stay safe. I hope you'll be back next week. All right, Krishna. Thank you.